cigars all around Cheers, y'all Was that Dave? Well, 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 well Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little program, the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. And uh, we are so glad to have you on board for show number 176, which makes us... Ian, this uh, is where you jump halfway in. Halfway to 200. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I'm trying to get this all shared out on uh, yeah, social. Okay, well, I, I appreciate that. I have to tell you, though, the new music with the well, well. Yeah, that works. That's spot That's on. the one. That's, 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 that's the one. Definitely so good. all music on Smoking and Toasting is now used by permission, and uh, that's, uh, that's an important thing to... Uh, you know, keep people happy and keep uh, lawsuits from originating and uh, keep record labels from being able to scam any more money. So that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> that is what it's all about. Oh, now we might have to be careful talking about record labels uh, today uh, because uh, we are in the studio with the, uh, the Heaven's Door bourbon and whiskey. Uh, and that's the that's the whiskey that's Bob Dylan's uh, a part of. Well, we had we had Heaven's Door on here. We had the uh, was it the Red Label one on, mm-hmm. we have on here, the Tennessee Bourbon. Tennessee bourbon. Yes, uh, you bought that. Um, ooh, that was months ago now. A long time ago. Well, yeah, it was, that right was probably after, a was, quarter of the way was, to two hundred. It was actually right after I think it came out. So when did uh, Austin Millsball is here? Austin, welcome to the show. Hi guys, how you doing? Thank you uh, for being here. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Austin is with Heaven's Door. When did Heaven's Door debut as a as so the first? Or, originally, it debuted. Debuted three years ago, okay. but because of all the Bob Dylan fans, we kind of blew through our first year stock. Okay. So then, in our second year, is kind of when we more or kind of reached more of a broader range. Okay. So I think that's when we that's when we maybe uh, got got a hold of it and got our first bottle and did a tasting on the show. And and I will tell you straight up, <clears throat> we're sometimes a little tough on. Um, on celebrity, celebrity sponsored, yeah, celebrity sponsored things. We expect whiskeys, yeah. But we determined that this was a really good yeah. whiskey, and that's uh, you know it, it, this this ain't no Conor McGregor. That's, is what that's we're saying. Right. Is what we're saying. So uh, so it's a uh, it, it's it's well, a real you know, pleasure. I mean, in, in Conor McGregor's uh, uh, defense, he's a very tough guy, so he needed a very tough whiskey. Well, uh, and, that's, and that's, and it was that's tough. a good way to put it. <laughs> it was, that's a good it way to put tough. it. And I will tell you right now, uh, it's not a very good whiskey. But if Conor were in in the room, I'd probably lie. <laughs> I'd probably lie. Uh, well, welcome to the show. It is show number 176 for Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. We will be at B&B uh, next week for next the week. show. Yeah, and we'll be live. Oliva Cigars will be there. Oh, we'll be, be good smoking to see some yeah. wonderful Oliva Cigars and... Jeremiah, our you know our bud at B and B, is preparing a uh, an Irish whiskey tasting for us right before St. Patrick's Day. So it'll be it'll be fun awesome. to get into that uh, that sort of vibe. But today we're in the studio with Bob Dylan's whiskey, and we're very excited about uh, being able to taste because we've only tasted one of the expressions. So we're excited about uh, doing that, and excited about having uh, Austin in the studio as well. Ian, in addition to <clears throat> what I'm anticipating will be some very good whiskey. We'll be uh, tasting some interesting beers uh, this week, and I am well. I'm. I'm uh, I'll get to the one that I'm, I think you're going to be really stoked about. But we'll start out uh, with Anchorage Brewing Company. We've had a number it's of hard their to beers. go wrong with Anchorage. They generally Their Christmas sale every year is amazing. Yes, and oh, God, we've yes. had a number. 
We've had a number of their IPAs on the show, yeah, which yeah. have all been very good. Uh, but today we'll be trying their Catalyst Kolsch. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's also hard to say three times. Catalyst Kolsch. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Old Nation Brewing Company out of Williamson, Michigan, uh, has an IPA they call uh, M43. It's a New England IPA. We'll be tasting that. And then this is the one I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. I haven't tasted this, but I'm so excited not only to taste it, but for you to taste it because all right, all right, all right. it is the, we explained, Austin, we use only very high-tech sound effects on the show. I like it. Uh, so, Perfect. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll be tasting the 2018 Grand Reserve Cellared Ale. It's a barley wine. From the fine folks in Broussard, Louisiana, at Parish Brewing Company. I'm all about it. I love Parish. <clears throat> so I love their. Never love their tasted their, their barley. I've wine. never had a barley wine from them. I had a number of things, including, and they were my pick, as you may remember last week, uh, when we did our personal top five. Yeah, they were my favorite brewery. So I'm really excited to taste their barley wine. So that is going to be uh, that is going to be a. Um, a thing to look forward to. So, uh, there's good news and bad news for premium cigars in the uh, news this week. We'll share that. A Cohiba humidor has sold for a record price. We'll tell you how much, and you can just you know hope that the guy that bought it invites you over so you can <laughs> you know take a look at it nice. maybe uh, maybe smoke a cigar. And tough times for Corona beer. So we'll talk about that uh, on the show today as well so it's going to be uh i think it's going to be a good show but i say that every week so no it's going to be a good show uh, you know what we're going to do today we're going to have beers and we're going to talk about whiskey and sample whiskeys you know your description makes me instantly say it's going to be a good yeah. show and, not, and it was a much simpler description this than is mine. not the worst job i've had no it's not <laughs> it's, maybe, it's maybe the only job i have for a while uh but we are uh, we are thrilled to be here and uh excited to have Austin in, in the studio. Austin, we'll uh, we'll get to. I got a lot of questions about the brand and how it got started and mm-hmm. and uh, how how it works and how involved Bob Dylan actually is. And uh, so we'll get to some of those as we as we progress here on the program. But first, uh, Ian, I you know I, I I always ask you about this time of the show if you've smoked anything interesting lately. But I actually know that you did because I was sitting across from you. You were when sitting you across it. from me. Yes. I just don't know how interesting it was. So uh, I went. I went super classic this week. I went with a uh, with the um, La Flor Dominican. Um, uh, La Flor Dominicana. La Flor Dominicana. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Grand or the not the Grand the Reserva. It, I am totally blanking right now. It, okay, so Reserva little, Especial. <laughs> yes, it was the little shorter yeah, torpedo, a, right? Yeah, it was a it was a four and a half by uh, by fifty two uh, Perfecto is what it was. Nice, uh, super cool little cigar. I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I, I jumped right into it. Appearance wise, this thing is a gorgeous little cigar. Um, it looks like a little shillelagh, actually, because it's so small. <laughs> See, you're, you're in the uh, you're in the St. Patrick's Day, right? Movie, right. right. <laughs> yep. I mean, the label is almost the size of the cigar because it's it's a very small cigar, but it is uh, it's it's enough cigar to get you going. Now, Lafleur generally packs a bit of a punch. Yeah, when you think Lafleur, you're not thinking Fisher Price, my first cigar. You're, right. You're definitely in generally the uh, the full full bodied or at least medium plus. Uh, as far as the strength goes, this one, the appearance on its gorgeous uh, dark brown wrapper, um, perfecto size. I mean, construction, you can see it and you can feel it. It looks great. It was uh, semi smooth, some veins. It's a good Pretty firm cigar. overall, yeah. The, uh, the uh, pre light 
uh, smell, the sniff, the prelate nose on this was all about earth and and leather and coffee. Nice. Um, mm. And then the uh, prelate draw had little hints of mocha going on with also the earth and coffee and some pepper. The initial light on this uh, was kind of what you expect, actually, a bit of a pepper bomb. But because it's a perfecto and it has that just one smaller spot that you light, it didn't come across as a big, big, huge pepper bomb. It came as a, as a nice, smooth, like, now you're tasting pepper. Right. Uh, and so once it lights, it then goes to this full size, and you start getting more of that, and then you start getting the, the cigar itself. The first third of this cigar um, was all about the uh, the coffee, the earth, some barnyard notes, um, and, um, and just a tiny, tiny hint of mocha on the end. Um, the middle of this cigar... Uh, and I'm, I'm jumping right to the middle because there's a reason for this. Well, it doesn't take you long to get to the middle. Well, no, it's not a very big cigar, right? <laughs> so, uh, Although it smokes a little bit longer than you'd think for even as small as it is. Mm-hmm. It does burn rather slow. But the middle of the cigar, it started getting uh, uh, more of the leather notes and uh, and a little bit of... Uh, little bit of uh, hay mm-hmm. and uh, and a little barnyard kind of flavors that I really kind of enjoy. Um, the, like the kind of fermented hay kind of mm-hmm. flavors, those kind of things. It's very classic cigar smelling and tasting cigar. Um, the uh, ash on this, I didn't bother tipping the ash till I was halfway through the cigar. And that's pretty daring for you because you generally <laughs> wind I up with get ash, ash on all your shirt. Me, right? Right? <laughs> ash all over myself. And, and then I actually had to forcibly uh, uh, like tip it off in the ashtray because it was just such a solid, crazy ash. Nice. This thing burned uh, pretty uh, pretty even. There was a little unevenness, but it, it took care of itself um, and, and then burned pretty even all the way down to the end. The flavor of the cigar ramps up from the initial light, which was medium. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the full size of the cigar. So here I'm backtracking just a touch. Then you get to the full size of the cigar, and you're getting the full flavors of it. And as you get to the middle of the cigar, you pick up a little bit in strength. So by the time I got to the middle of the cigar, this was definitely a solid uh, full-strength cigar, full-strength uh, flavor overall. The smoke in this cigar is huge, silky smoke. Like, tiny cigar comes out with huge puffs of smoke. So the mouthfeel on the cigar and the smoke itself is really, really worth experiencing. Um, if you're into light, sweet cigars, this is not the one for you. <laughs> yes. Because it, it has a bit of spice uh, and, uh, and a, little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of pepper uh, lingering that goes mm-hmm. on beyond those really uh, kind of sweeter Maduro flavors that you get, the coffee, the, the hints of mocha and things mm-hmm. like that are really, um, really in there, but they're not super, like the mocha is not super upfront. It's not super sweet cigar. I smoked the cigar uh, until it was time for me to dash out the door. So I smoked it down until it was pretty small. Of course, it was small to begin with. <laughs> but um, I enjoyed it. Uh, once it hit the middle of the cigar, the flavors pretty much settled in and stayed there. They didn't change that much. They didn't evolve that much to that uh, after that point. But the strength did pick up a little bit. Um, an absolutely fantastic cigar. And, and it reminds me that I need to go back and revisit some of the LFDs. I just don't smoke a whole lot of them. Um, but I've had some of the double Corojos and uh, and those in my uh, humidor before, and I forget how much I really enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back and revisit that line a little bit. What do you think in uh, terms of price to quality? Well, in terms of price to quality, this was a this was a nine dollar cigar, mm-hmm. um, and for a cigar small. that small, yeah, like this is literally four and a half inches by fifty two, so it's not a big cigar for nine dollars. That's a pretty 
steep expectation. It was worth every bit of the money. Wow. Uh, it was a great experience, so I give it a solid five. Um, I'd love to give it bigger, but it was such a small cigar. It is beautiful, though. Yeah. Now, that being said, you can get the next size up for almost the same price, right. but it's not the Perfecto, and the Perfectos are always a little more expensive because they're a harder roll. Harder thing you know? roll. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that has a little bit to do with it. So I give it a solid five. Fantastic cigar, and kudos to La Florida Dominica. Um, I smoked um, something that I, I haven't smoked one in a while. Um, back before the show even started, uh, Camacho was one of my go-to uh, brands. Yeah, old really, school, yeah. really liked it. Christian Arroyo was the mm-hmm. guy that blended the uh, early Camacho, but then the company sold. And you know, wh- before that, those <coughs> triple Maduros were just oh, man, that fantastic. and the MX two were my yeah. absolute go-tos. So the when the company oh, sold, wait, MX two was not it. Sorry, that's a CAO. Yeah, you think it's CAO, but but it was a similar style to what Christian was blending at the time. Yes. When it sold, they stopped using as good a tobacco and they ran into some construction problems and I actually stopped smoking Camachos completely. It just wasn't worth the price. They also went up, I think, yeah. a little bit. Um <clears throat> but uh, you know, like everything giant labels. Yeah. <laughs> but like everything <laughs> isn't that how it goes like, like everything, if your sales go down, and I'm sure they did, you gotta reassess. Yeah. And so I thought it's been long enough. Let's go see how they're doing. Uh, and so I smoked the uh, Camacho Distillery Edition Ecuador, and it they, the Distillery Edition cigars, uh, they take their regular line and they basically age some of the tobacco in uh, in bourbon barrels uh, for uh, charred bourbon barrels. Actually, uh, they use an Ecuadorian uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Brazilian Matafina binder, along with this barrel aged Corojo. And uh, a Dominican uh, Pel de Oro filler, and they put it all together in Honduras. So, <laughs> so it's you know they basically touch almost all of the cigar right, producing right. Uh, regions with this. Uh, and the Corojo tobacco in these cigars is aged for six months in charred bourbon barrels. The pre-light on this was very rich, very earthy, and had a hint of that charring from the mm-hmm. the barrels. You could you could tell there was just a little something extra going on. Um, I used a punch, lit it nice and easily. First few puffs, very peppery, kind of like a Nicaraguan cigar will do on the first few puffs. But that settled down pretty quick. And the rich earthiness was there from really the very beginning. A toasty oak flavor that added to the complexity. It actually gave me the feeling that I was smoking a more expensive cigar nice. than what this was. The, just just the vibe of it as you're smoking. You're like, this, this really smokes... From a flavor standpoint, like a very expensive uh, cigar. Uh, I also uh, picked up a light citrus note. There was some nuttiness, and the cigar left a really pleasing tang kind of on the top of my tongue as I smoked it. I really enjoy uh, cigars that do that, mm-hmm. and this one was one of those. Um, it did develop a little bit of an une- uneven burn early on, required some touching up. Not a big deal, but it wasn't a perfect burn either. Um, this was a $10 cigar, but smoking it, gave me the sense, like I said, that it was much more expensive. And so that's why, despite the burn issues, I'm going to give this thing a 7. Nice. It was, and our price-to-quality index, a 5 means you get exactly what you paid for. All right. If you you give something less than a 5, it's like, yeah, it wasn't quite worth the money. You give something more than a 5, it means it you know, performed uh, outside its weight class, or what do you call it? Punching above punching its above weight, its weight class. class. Thank you. I like that. Um, that's a Conor McGregor uh, reference. Uh, <laughs> uh, but despite the burn issues, uh, I'm going to give it a seven. That means two things. It felt like I was smoking more like a $14 plus 
cigar. That's the experience that I so had. So premium cigar smoking yeah, like a super premium. Very much. And then given that Camacho had some real issues a few years back, I will also say that, at least for me, they're definitely back in a big way. This was a good Good cigar. That makes me want to go back and pick up a couple of the old uh, Camachos and give them a try. Yes, I, I want to go back now and try their, you know, the regular line and see how that's holding up. Because I had their uh, American Barrel Aged, uh, the one with the You've orange had, around. That's it. the Connecticut wrapper. Connecticut wrapper. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think you reviewed that on the yeah. show as well. So, so yeah. So I, I was hopeful that this would that this would turn out really well, and and it really did. So okay, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and do a little uh, do a little whiskey tasting as well as some beer tasting, and find out more about Heaven's Door, the uh, whiskey that is, uh, I, I think. In some of the most decorative bottles I've seen for a whiskey. These bottles are terrific. So uh, we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 176, halfway to 200. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 176. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Ian, you and I were having a discussion with some guys in a uh, in the Cigar Lounge earlier today yeah, yeah. about favorite restaurants and stuff, and I totally, totally should have said, oh my God, B&B, because... Yeah. The steaks are wonderful, but the bacon, the, oh, bacon. the bacon, oh my God, it's 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 a religious Austin, experience. Have you been to B and B? I haven't. I'm actually from Houston, but I live in Dallas, so yeah. I don't get to enjoy the beauty of. Well, my city. well the next time you they have, have one in Fort Worth now, it's in the shops at, oh, at really? Clear Fork, so yeah. you might. Uh, or the next time you're here, uh, go and have dinner. But whatever you do, order the Chef Tommy's bacon appetizer. It is it's life changing. Okay. It's yeah. life changing. And because we told you on here during uh, a work event for you, you should be able to work expense that. Right? I mean, I, f- I feel like that's that's very doable. Right, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. I like it. I like it. So uh, Bob Dylan would have wanted it um, anyway. <laughs> Austin Millspa is in the studio with us today. Austin is with uh, Heaven's Door Whiskey. Um, so there's you know mm-hmm. been a number of celebrity endorsed or celebrity owned or partially owned products uh, that have come out in the spirit world and the beer world uh-huh. over the last, you know, five, ten years. Are, are you and talking about Lincoln cars? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but Matthew McConaughey is in on a whiskey. Yeah, he, does, he and, is in on a whiskey. And, but, you know, you, you almost expect when celebrities come out and they're doing a whiskey or, or a spirit. They've done wine, too. A lot, yeah, of, and, a lot of them and wine. wine. Sure, yeah, Dave Matthews has a wine. And um, you know who's big into wine and has his own winery is Maynard from Tool. Yeah, yeah. Has, has his own He's wine. been very successful. Yes, done very oh. well. But you almost expect when you hear that a celebrity has a product, you know, you expect it to be a Matthew McConaughey or a George Clooney or one of those sort of Hollywood matinee type uh, type guys. The current trending. When you yeah. when you hear that Bob Dylan has a whiskey, you have to kind of stop and reassess because this Bob Dylan is uh, he's as authentic as you could possibly yeah. be, right? As a musician, as a as a songwriter, as a historical figure, quite frankly. So you got to figure Bob Dylan's not just gonna like. Let you use his name on your whiskey and pocket the money. That's that well, can't be what it's about. For he's him. kept Not his even, name you know? integrity pretty solid. Yes. Like he hasn't gone out there and endorsed a whole bunch of things. The only before. the only thing I'll say is his Christmas album cracked me up. <laughs> you know, for for a guy that's essentially 
not someone you'd expect to be celebrating Christmas. <laughs> uh, and then it's just it's hilarious. It's 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 so non Bob Dylan esque. Uh, but and, and definitely worth owning, by the way. I, I recommend it highly, but don't expect your usual Christmas album. Anyway, uh, but, but the whiskey, uh, uh, when we heard that he had a whiskey, I was like, okay, there's got to be something going on here. Because Bob, Bob don't need the money, is what I'm getting at. You right. know what I mean? This is, not a, this is not a cash grab. His, his bills are paid. Right. I'm, that's what I'm figuring. When you, when you write all along the watchtower... You know, you're going to be doing all right. So this has got to be something that he had some personal passion for. I'm oh, guessing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, when, when this when this whole thing came about, um, we're kind of talking about the collaboration with our master blender Ryan Perry mm-hmm. and Bob Dylan, and that kind of what that's what created this brainchild. So Ryan Perry started working for large whiskey companies like Diageo. We've all mm-hmm. heard of that company. Sure. Left and then started working for Angel's Envy, a whiskey that we know it's very great well. Whiskey, yeah. Then after he moved on, he was looking to kind of create something his own way. Then also found out Bob Dylan was really interested. He was kind of a whiskey enthusiast already. Wanted to have something that was very much tailored to his flavor profiles mm-hmm. and something that they both that he found someone they both really cared about. So they kind of met. Uh, took a couple times to meet actually before they kind of agreed upon how they were going to go about it. That, think how intimidating that would be. You. You can be a master distiller, but yeah, I'm going to a meeting. I'm going to sit down with Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan that would, yeah. that would, I, I would be intimidated. Well, I mean, it was it was quite a few meetings. I'll say uh, yeah. Ryan Perry, a person who I don't I don't see get intimidated often, was yeah. probably very. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, they they came together and it took about five ish years to kind of come up with the brand and the concept of it. As you said, it's a very decadent bottle, so this yes. is kind of paying homage to to Bob as one of our investors and owners. He actually makes these gates from kind of found materials and auctions them off. And so then that's he, what the the design on the front of the uh, these bottles are actual. Is. Yeah, I ask about that. Wow. Yeah, these are actual cool. gates he's made. He auctions them off, and then whatever they're purchased for, he gives it all to charity. So that that's just so kind of cool. his way of all giving different back. on each one of the yes, each one, on of, each styles, one of the yeah. expressions. Yep, yeah, yep. Well, that's yeah, that's cool. really cool. So I, I'm assuming then that there was a process over this five years where they would blend things, taste it, decide what they like, what they didn't like, go. Back to the drawing Definitely. board a little bit. One, yeah. of, one of my favorite, I always call this one, our master blender's choice is our double barrel. Mm-hmm. That was a big one between Ryan Perry and Bob Dylan and a couple other of our investors talking about what whiskeys they like, what they did well, what they thought they fell short on, mm-hmm. and what, what we could do as a brand to bring forward what we thought uh, a proper blended whiskey should taste like. And yep. I think this one's kind of one of our loud voices. Is, is <clears throat> Bob Dylan's position with the whiskey, is it something that he's – does he kind of downplay it or is it something that he's like you know all in on in terms of being associated with it on a you know on a publicity uh, level he does as he wants because it's bob dylan i mean this is a man who got a nobel peace prize for literature and goes you can send it to me i'm busy um so but he's as involved as he wants to be and sometimes it's quite a bit sometimes it's a little a little less and it's just kind of how he feels he need where he needs to be but he doesn't have an issue with people basically identifying this as bob dylan's whiskey no not at all yeah. i mean we have his signature on the back of the bottle hidden yeah, but, uh, and that's very cool it's ve- it's very little hidden secrets uh celebrating him and thanking him for letting us create really beautiful juice well, ordinarily we start with uh, with a beer, but I think we should start with whiskey today. Should we? Uh, yeah, and you've I'm actually already, already you've actually already, so already done a pour. So. 
Yeah. So the first one is the first one you guys reviewed is the Tennessee Straight Bourbon. Mm-hmm. So we don't put age statements on our whiskey because whiskey was originally blended for taste and consistency. And because we talk about whiskey as being a blended whiskey, even though this one is a straight bourbon, uh, unfiltered, high rye, high corn. Uh, we just don't feel like you need to chase the age. It's more of, you know, enjoy the juice and drink it any way you see fit. And that's become much more of the, a... The no uh, age statement yeah. has been a much yeah. much more present trend. And it's interesting because there's, um, you know, going back with whiskey, particularly when you're talking scotch and, and, and some of the other um, uh, whiskey expressions, I mean, age statements were such a big deal. And now it just feels like, you know, this is a... Uh, uh, this is an era when people are more concerned about, like you said, what does the juice taste like? Yeah. Where does it come? That that seems to be the thing. So, well, I think it's across the board too. I think that uh, whiskey has had such an explosion too that uh, it's becoming more popular. So therefore, the age statements are a little harder to get because for you to have an age statement, say ten years, mm-hmm. uh, you had to have thought that this was going to happen ten years ago, and a lot right. of people didn't. And that has to know? be the youngest whiskey in the bottle. Right, to have that age statement. So it gives you, uh, you're right, it, it gives you a big waiting period before you can take something to market. Uh, even if you're only going to age it, you know, five years, you know? But I have learned uh, past uh, general, um, general wisdom, you know, that the age statement matters less and less on some of these. Yes, like, I think you're right. This this is an outstanding bourbon right here. This it had the notes of the notes of um, you can taste the oak is mm-hmm. huge in this. The uh, vanilla is huge in this. The heat is so interesting because the heat comes in about the middle of the palate, mm-hmm. but it's just a warm, warm thing that follows all the way through, and, yes. uh, and then just lingers a little bit in such a nice way. And I'd, yes. say, I'd say a lot of that is because our small grain, which usually tend to be kind of tertiary complexity adders to your large grain, we use them, because it is an unfiltered bourbon, we use them as kind of co-stars so yeah. that it you'll get that texture from your large grain, your corn, that'll kind right. of blend over to the rye and the barley that add that spice, which makes something that sits at 90 proof almost seem a little hotter because of the spice of the finish. Where, but it's where, the concept of doing that. Where is the distillery located for? We are, we are currently in the middle of breaking ground, fingers crossed, in July in downtown Nashville. So we will nice. be about four blocks from the NFL draft head, where it was. <laughs> nice. And uh, we will be the only distillery in the city proper. That's awesome. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And Nashville's such a happening place right now. Oh, it's I mean, beautiful. So much going on there. So it, it deserves a distillery of this uh, of this stature. So. I love the nose on this. It really is great, isn't it? The, I mean, the mineral uh, water uh, plus vanilla plus, I mean, what else am I getting in there? It's almost a... I always get a little bit of toasted caramel. Not, yeah, like, caramel. Not the sweet, bright, but more of kind and of like a burnt and sugar. And the corn definitely yeah. comes through as well, like the sweet corn. Tiny hint of cinnamon on the finish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can get... Uh, I, I mean, but it's just a very well-rounded... When you start talking about that many flavors in the flavor profile of a bourbon, you, that's that's when you really got to feel like you're onto something, you know? Because some great whiskeys... Are much more straightforward, yeah. And this has got a lot going on, and I think that's uh, that to, to its credit because, again, you're not talking an age statement uh, 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 bottle here. You're talking about something that. How old is this likely to be? So, 
I was waiting for that question. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to get asked. <laughs> it's going to happen. It, this sits at about seven years old. So it's so. not too young, but it's not too old either. It kind of sits in a really pretty spot that we think really plays with the proof. Okay. I always say this this juice specifically is kind of our critique on Tennessee whiskey mm-hmm. with a little bit of nod to Kentucky since we unfilter it. Right, right. Uh, it's 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 really good. <laughs> it's yeah, really really good. good. Um, I I got to tell you, this is a uh, uh, this to me is just about the standard for celebrity um, celebrity spirits. You know, if you if you can't do it this well, don't do it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, look, I'd be happy to have George on to talk about anything he's got going on um, because he's George Clooney. But but yeah, I mean, I just rewatched Over the Roar out there last night. Yeah. See, Uh, I'm mean, so good in that. By the way, my favorite George Clooney movie is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That no, is like one of the greatest movies ever. Mm-hmm. He's so good in it. Watching him like sing all that bluegrass it's stuff. Hilarious. The it's dance he just, does oh, when they're at the uh, political rally. It's wonderful. Uh, just cracks me up. Oh, that's wonderful. And John Turturro? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He could do a whiskey. Pete. He could do a whiskey, <laughs> uh, but uh, seriously though, this is—I think this is kind of the standard bearer for uh, for a celebrity, uh, certainly for a celebrity whiskey. Uh, I, I really do. If you can't do it this good, guys, uh, wait and endorse something else. Yeah. You know, um, that's that's my uh, that's my thought process anyway. Um, Ian, let's jump in and uh, taste some beer real quick before this uh, segment runs too long. Let me give let's you some cups. Uh, I don't know now. I don't know how a Colch is gonna uh, is gonna pair with a bourbon, but this will be a very interesting thing to see. This is an aggressive looking can. It by really, the way. it's a beautiful can. It's uh, it's got Anchorage this is... kind of ethereal looking dog gnashing at the sky. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a lot of oh, dogs and the... a lot of dogs and wolves in the can art for Anchorage. I don't know if that's just an Alaska Could be a wolf. thing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Alaska's got yeah. wolves, got right? Yeah, but and and moose. Meese, mices, mooses. Mooses. What what is plural for moose? Mooses, I think. Moose, actually. Oh, moose. Yeah, many. It's one moose. You can have one moose or a thousand moose. I think. I don't know. I'm guessing on that. I think it's a gaggle of (laughs) moose. A gaggle of moose. That That was a that was a nice little uh, uh, sound. A little delay. uh, Yeah, it was a little delay. I like that. You heard the foam come up. That was gorgeous. (laughs) And uh, let's pour one for Adam too. Um, this is a Colch, so this is going to be a bit lighter, and it's going to be... Uh, I poured that first one a little bit on the hard side, so it's got a little foam. Uh, all right. Thank you, sir. Uh, Chris Hart would be, uh, would be proud. He'd be now. proud, right? Speaking of uh, Chris, by the way, we have invited him to come on the show. And uh, Alan, if you're out there, uh, I already uh, talked to today. him. He's, oh, he's in. He's in. Okay. So uh, on the 19th, we'll be doing a whiskey blind tasting on the show, which oh. we've never done before, a blind tasting. So this will be a lot of fun to do. And uh, Chris has been invited. Alan's been invited because he's fun to hang out with. Chris has been invited because he now has been established as a whiskey it's, expert. It's in literature. It's yeah. It's it's been written, and um, he's been he's been described that way in print. So once once it's in print, you know. It has to be true. This beer smells refreshing and fruity. Just like if it's on Wikipedia. You know it's true if it's on Wikipedia, right? <laughs> That's right. It's all, I read it on the internet. It has true. to be true. Uh, this does smell very fruity, yeah, doesn't it? Refreshing yeah, refreshing and fruity is what yeah. I'm smelling oh, right I'm now. looking forward to this. It's, uh, let's see what the can says. It says, brewed and dry hopped with Citra, Galaxy, and uh, Mo- Mosaic? Moteca, Motuk. Mm-hmm. Motu- Motueka, something. Like that. Okay. Well, if you know how to say that, um, I, 
I've already done a little research here, Ian, yeah, yeah. and I will tell you this is a much more complex colch than I think I've ever tried before. You know, um, way you, more going on here. The uh, smell would almost lead you to think it's a, a lighter IPA, mm-hmm. but it doesn't drink like it at all. It's definitely colch. It's definitely yeah. it finishes it's, like a colch. It's sure. very round and full bodied in the middle of the palate on this. Like it comes across big right in the middle. But of there's the like and then big, finishes. big fruit notes going well, it's got, on. It's got a it's really got, strong citrus front, which mm-hmm, I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. But it finishes dry with a hint of malt. I'm just going to say, you really can't go wrong with Anchorage Brewing. Yeah. These guys have really produced some excellent beers. Yeah, I, I could drink much of this. You know, we were saying earlier, <laughs> their Christmas stuff is amazing. Yeah, their Christmas sale is so good mm, every year. There's always the same bottle, but a different beer. Like, you never know what it's going <laughs> to. This, uh, this is just wonderful. Mm. For those mm-hmm. of you watching us drink, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is the ABV on that? Uh, it's five. Five percent. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, so it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not super pretty, low, but pretty it's crushable also not, though. Yeah, not big. Yeah, anytime you're anytime you're under, you know, under seven, I I, I feel like it's a fairly I like sessionable ish. Sessionable ish. Like, yes. <laughs> this has a this has a slightly bitter aftertaste that I really really like. Much like an ESB has a lot yes. of times. Uh, Ooh, it kind of nice. takes that Kolsch finish and just gives you that little yeah, tiny bit little, of bitterness to it. It's good. It's, yeah, I, I agree. It's good. All right. I tell you what, we're uh, we're trying to keep our segments more in line from a time standpoint, so we will take a break here. Th- uh, that's very good. And that can art is just stellar. Just absolutely stellar. Um, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do a little more whiskey tasting, and uh, we'll talk um, about the good news and bad news for premium cigars. That is on the way next. You are checking out Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. We've got three and three, and there are three more sets. That's awesome. That's good. Hey, we want to do a bonus. I do have a treat. Oh, the treat is going to be really impressive. Okay, so let's save that for the last set. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, where all music is used by permission. Uh, and you are uh, checking out show number 176, halfway to 200. Halfway to 200. We are uh, um, in the studio with Bob Dylan's heaven's door whiskey on the program today and we'll be tasting some more of that in just a few moments ian it was a uh it was a good news bad news week for premium cigars when it comes to legislation all right, all right. are you going to give me good news first and then depress me with the bad news yes or are you going to ex- knock me down with the bad news and then pick me up with the good news i like good, that one better good good news first in this case okay uh, because it'll be hard to explain the bad news without explaining the good news. All right. All right. So uh, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill uh, the day after our show last week. So I'd like to think that we may have had something yeah, we to may do have, with it. We may have pushed you know, that a little Because bit. the show is, in fact, world famous. Yes. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, we are, uh, uh, by the way, Austin, we, I explained that I was never comfortable with calling the show world famous until my mom, who doesn't smoke or drink, uh, knew about it, and once she knew that it existed, I, f- I feel totally comfortable now in saying we must be world famous. Because I'm trying mom, to imagine my mom's mom friends knows, talking about this yeah, show. If my mom's no, oh, <laughs> I can imagine my mom and her friends talking about it, and it won't be 
it won't be glowing reviews. She'll be right up there with that guy that I read one third of his reviews, uh, uh, and that's the only review I've ever read. Uh, anyway, the House of Representatives passed a bill last Friday that uh, it's designed to curtail youth use of tobacco products, which is what this whole thing has been about uh, with the FDA and this legislation, uh, including banning all flavored uh, tobacco products as well as internet and catalog sales of all tobacco products. However, one segment was exempt from the rules. Premium cigars. There's your good news. Yay! Yeah, that's... Uh, well, see, that's that's the bomb. Oh, the bomb. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, so the first time ever, um, the House officially recognized that premium cigars exist and they are u- a unique tobacco category. As they passed this bill, it's H.R. 2339, uh, which basically gives an exemption for premium cigars. It's not perfect, but Drew Newman from J.C. Newman Cigar Company says it's not perfect, but it's a historic bill and is a huge step forward for the premium cigar industry. And now, the bad news. The bill says that the definition of a premium cigar is one that includes a minimum retail price of $12. So that means the cigar I smoked today would not be considered a premium cigar. The one that I gave a seven on the uh, price to quality scale. A premium that, cigar should be basically a hand rolled cigar. I think I think that's where the I definition should be. It should be if, if it's hand rolled, handcrafted. That was, right. A handcrafted, yes, that should so. be a premium cigar. So basically, what the people from the tobacco industry, from the cigar industry, are saying about this is that the good news is better than the bad news. Because it sets us up with what we really, if premium cigars were not recognized as a category that could be held exempt from these things, um, then there's no way to even go forward. Does that mean all cigars in New York are premium cigars? Oh, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. All cigars in New York. So you can go to New York to buy any cigar you want. Uh, so, uh, but if, if you think about it, if you were uh, you know ordering from Cigars International or JR Cigar, if this legislation stands as it's written, uh, the lowest price cigar you could buy would be $12. Uh, yeah, so much for those, so much for those dollar sixty a piece bundles that, uh, yeah. that they have. But um, the people in the cigar industry are saying, "Look, it's a good thing. This gives us more time to well, work." Okay, on. so the biggest the biggest news about this though is the fact that it is recognized as a yes. separate thing, and so we can start working from mm-hmm. there at least. I mean, it sucks that we have to go from such a backwards place, but but at least that's something. Right? It's Washington. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's all backwards. Yeah. It's all. They will backwards. just beat you down with paperwork until so, you give up. So we're, you know what? I'm just gonna we're, we're just this gonna celebrate the same thing to distillers. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, yeah but we're, we're gonna celebrate the good news. That's that's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna cross our fingers that we get uh, mm. get to a better place on the other. So after that beer, by the way, yes, this whiskey, uh, like as 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 my palate was accustomed to the beer, this whiskey mm-hmm. becomes. Malty and cinnamony, and and with a hint of chocolate on the, the end. Yes, it, it's a really interesting thing that happens to it, and I was not convinced that the Kolsch and the whiskey would work well together, and I was wrong. Oh yeah, they work very well together. 
Oh, very you know what well. I didn't do is I didn't go back to the coast, so I'm going to yeah. try that. Uh, well, you know, any excuse to try a little more of the coast is probably yeah, a good pass one. pass that right on to you. Probably I actually was kind of hoping they would go well <laughs> together because of that little bit of dry notes in a yeah. Kolsch, that little bit of spice in the in the right. Tennessee straight bourbon. Mm-hmm. You're oh, absolutely right. They go both. they go both directions. Now, it does take the Kolsch and lead it a little more citrusy. You get a little more of the citrus okay. stuff coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still delicious. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You this culture is so citrusy the... that it it makes me feel like a it makes me feel like a lot of pe- like a lot of uh, IPAs have that real citrus note that mm-hmm. this has. They yes. share a lot of it. Yeah, but then but it's it not an IPA. It, it doesn't, doesn't taste like an IPA. It doesn't really weird at all you know? like an IPA. Right? It, is it, it weird? It has a zing like a ghost. Yeah, because you it get really that kind of a little bit, but no front. sour. Yeah, not right. sour. So, but, but the like, zing is there. The yes. zing is there. And then that and then I love that little bitter finish. That that bitter finish just that. They get, they have me at the finish. Austin <laughs> Austin Millspaw is here with uh, Heaven's Door. Austin, what are we trying next? So the next one we're trying is our double barrel. It'll be this beautiful bottle right here. Yeah, let's put that up on this. Okay, now this league. is the one you mentioned was kind of the. Uh, I don't know. You didn't always, say secret weapon, but that was kind of what I heard you say. Yeah, you're. It's kind of on that point. I always say this is our master blender's choice kind of situation, okay. like okay. labeling that's not there. Um, it was definitely a collaboration through Bob Dylan, Ryan Perry, our master blender, and a few other uh, trusted palates talking about whiskey and what they thought was good, what they thought was unsuccessful, and how they wanted our whiskey to taste. So, it's, so a, it's a double barrel whiskey. How is it made? So it's essentially two Tennessee whiskeys, an uh, unfinished rye. All then blended together and placed in another barrel for an additional year. So essentially, three whiskeys and four barrels. Three whiskeys, four barrels. It makes sense because each whiskey is in a barrel by itself, and then it, and then they are you, blended and and then one you pick barrel up to marry. On the nose, you pick up so much more wood. And oh vanillins yes, definitely, and, and definitely, um, and the spice. This one almost this smells is, cinnamony, so and that might be yeah. the influence from the previous whiskey, but. Well, there, there is a wow. fresh dump barrel that it's poured into. So we do, at a certain portion of the process, place our blend in a 12-year-old fresh dumped barrel. So what, so that what does, does that mean exactly? So when essentially they're dumping, say, this 12-year-old barrel for bottling, mm-hmm. right. before it has a chance for the staves to dry, we fill that with our blend. What that's okay. doing is continuing the extraction process from the staves because mm-hmm. they don't have a chance to dry. Right. But also you get a little bit of microdosing from the bourbon that's actually soaked into the staves. And that just adds a little bit of complexity to the whiskey itself. I always say that the percentage of rye is kind of like bitters in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. It's there to balance and uphold complexity. That finishing barrel is there to kind of just round everything out and kind of bring it all to fruition. Ian, your thoughts. Man, if you can call if you can call a bourbon juicy, mm-hmm. like this makes my mouth water. It's the like the chocolate notes in this are just mm-hmm. ow. And you wouldn't realize it's a hundred proof. Yeah, not even. But that's because so of the barrels. The interesting thing is the way the uh, the way the uh, heat hits you on the uh, previous expression was right about in the middle of the expression, right about mm-hmm. in the middle of the palate, and then it just kind of flowed. And it was a smooth heat. It wasn't like a you know ah, it's smooth. No, it was like it, was <laughs> it wasn't Jägermeister <laughs> yeah, smooth. It was right, real right, smooth. Right. No, it was really yeah. <laughs> it was really pretty smooth. This right here though, you don't even notice the heat. Until after you set the glass Probably down, right and then the it chest. comes back as a whiskey hug and the just wraps hug its arms around you. Yeah. Yes. yes, it's really, really interesting how well uh, it does that. And then the uh, the caramel and chocolate like flavors just leap out at me on, uh, big time on this. And by the way, you should it should also be noted that you cannot contract the coronavirus from a whiskey hug. 
That's right. Yeah, it's That's completely right. and totally safe. Because you don't want a whiskey fist bump. That's no. for sure. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. You want a you want a hug. You want a true hug. You want this a is, hug. Come is... on over here and give me a hug. I've, I've had whiskey fist bumps before. It's not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. This, uh, by uh, the way, is, by the way, for anyone listening, the whiskey hug is that warm feeling that comes back generally after the, the finish. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So we're not totally weird, but yeah, we are. It, it can but, be awkward, yeah. but that's still what the whiskey. Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to do smoking and toasting shirts that say the whiskey hug. That's oh, I definitely need that's awkward. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> we got okay a comment. We got a comment on our uh, feed that's in a completely different language. Whoa! I oh, see that. awesome! Awesome! <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to say about that. I'm just gonna. Actually, I can. I is can. It, is there a Google Translate? Actually, I can read. Uh, that I'm gonna language. like it, and I hope it's. Uh, actually, no. I can read that language. It says, um, "Unhappy with your penis size? Click here." Ah, <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I didn't just click that. <laughs> Uh, oh, this goodness. this is delicious, and it's this is so different in its flavor profile uh, from the first. Now, one. does this start from the same distillate? Uh, so, or is this a completely different mash bill? It's completely different mash bill. Okay. So, the, so when you start with your Tennessee straight bourbon, it's uh, it's seventy percent corn, twenty two rye, eight malted barley, mm-hmm. obviously unfiltered. When you go into our double barrel, our Tennessee whiskey is actually eighty four corn, eight rye, eight malted barley. Okay. Both whiskeys are, and they also sit in two level four char barrels. Then when you're talking about our rye, it's a 95 rye, five malted barley, unfinished. And it's about 10 to 12% in that blend. So like I said, it's it's there as bitters in the cocktail. That's a very high rye. It is. Yeah. But it's wonderful. And it doesn't, you know, I'm sometimes not as fond of rye uh, whiskeys as I am of other because sometimes that rye flavor, I feel like, can just kind of push everything out else out of the way. Become really polarizing. Yeah, become really, really polarizing. This is not that at all. Now, I realize this is not the rye, so right. we will try the rye. But but this is, like, it really, really works in this blend is what I'm trying to get yeah. to, is that it really has the the right amount of complexity to it. The rye adds just, the spice, it I adds, think. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it adds, yes. It gives that little adds. bit of kind of kick right before yeah. the sip goes down the throat, mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion. And the whiskey hug is wonderful. Yes, yes. It is wonderful. I, you know, I, I have to say, I, I like uh, the first expression, the uh, Tennessee bourbon. I, it's mm-hmm. very good. This, though, I want to wear this like cologne. <laughs> like, this is so good. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And so what I think we're going to do is we're going to actually take a, a break and just do this in the segment. When we come back, uh, we will taste this uh, IPA that I think, uh, I think has a good shot of being... Uh, well, I, I'm excited about it. Old Nation Brewing Company is very well respected. Uh, they're out of uh, Michigan, and we have their M43 New England IPA. Uh, plus, we have another uh, uh, expression, the rye, still yes. to taste. And then you mentioned that you brought something special. There's a little bit of a surprise segment. For the very last, yeah, but yes. you have not told us. I'm not saying it anything. It's hidden okay. in the room already, too. Uh, so you got Bob Dylan waiting outside. I wish uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to come in and talk to us about the whiskey. Oh man, that, that would be that, awesome. But that would yeah. be awesome. I mean, I brought the hat. That's kind of what I got. Uh, you know what? And it's working. It's working for you. I'll take it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Smoking and toasting is show number 176. We are in the studio with Bob. Dylan's whiskey. It's called Heaven's Door, and it's really good. Welcome back. It's Smoking a Toast, and it's show number 176. All music used by permission. Uh, these guys are some uh, buddies of mine from Louisiana. Uh, they're called Squint. 
that's nice. the name of the band, and uh, that's a that's a really cool song of theirs called Quite. And uh, thank you, boys, for allowing us to use this on the show. Can we talk about the suffrage thing, or should we not? Well, I just I uh, I need to follow up with John. He's one of the uh, he's a trumpet player for trumpet the suffrage, player for the, and he's really really good, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. He's uh, and I've I've played with him over the years. He's a great jazz uh, trumpet player, and um. And uh, and I reached out to him, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk to the suffers about letting us use their music on here. And we also want to invite John and any of the other band members that want to come on the show and do some tasting. Yes, because that would be. And fun. I will impart all of that information. Okay, good, good. That'll be awesome. So uh, we love the suffers. We were using their music before, but yes. now now all music must be used well, by permission. And John was pretty excited. I, th- I don't I don't foresee any issue with that, but he wanted to talk to the rest of the band. And, of course. Uh, and that then we can send him a sample so he can yep. check it out. And, and see they own their masters, so yep. they, they can say one way or another. That's I want to talk cool about uh, nice. this swag. Yes, this is really cool because <laughs> Austin brought us several the of these. Here. Uh, now, this is, first of all, these are not exactly alike. You brought gave us each several of them yes but they look different slightly uh, so each, each one, one of these are actually so we we always work with a bunch of blacksmiths for some of our events you guys probably saw ours uh-huh. at the houston whiskey society which by the <laughs> way houston whiskey social best spirits event ever oh it was amazing it you guys had so you guys were right out there by the cigar uh area by and we kept lounge. hearing this clang yeah, clang, and that was your dude. Your and that's was. that's how I actually. So I walked by and um and I spoke with one of your cohorts there, uh, one of your coworkers, and was telling him about the show. And I was like, and he goes, "Have you tried the whiskey?" I said, "Yes, we've had actually the uh, the Tennessee bourbon on the on the <coughs> show. You know, we bought a bottle and tried it." And he's like, "Oh I man, we'd love to get on there." And that's how we right. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so but you guys had like a primo spot because everybody that wanted to walk outside for a minute to get away from the crowd. Went by there. Anybody who was smoking a cigar went by there. You guys were hopping the whole time. Oh yeah, we, I don't think yeah. we ever stopped. Yeah, and the clang kept ringing out from the yes. blacksmith when people came over to see what it was. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually it was actually very cool. So your blacksmith actually made these. So he so made each these, these are cigar pokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're to be used so you can poke the end of your cigar and smoke versus, it without without versus cutting it um, versus. Um, so if you get a really really good cigar, you want to smoke it down to the nub. That's when that's when I love. There's these. actually a couple ways you yeah. can use it. So one is to poke the end so you can smoke it. That's to open up the end so you can use it instead of mm-hmm. a punch or a cut. The other way is, uh, and I'll probably take one of these and sharpen the end a little bit to do this. Is okay. to punch the uh, smallest part of the cigar so that you can smoke it, um, and it doesn't burn your fingers. See, I heard yeah. that. I didn't know if that was true. So I didn't. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's, that's, that's a real thing. So w- w- our favorite favorite cigars we have a tendency to call them finger burners because yeah. they're they're so good down to the numb nub that your you know your fingers yeah, are getting warm and, by and, the time you put them and out. frankly i don't have dainty fingers yeah so. well yeah <laughs> nor, nor do i and you know what else these uh could be used for if you were a superhero and you could like throw these really fast they would be a a really cool weapon to, to, am i geeking out i'm sorry i i, I apologize uh yeah uh no, but but these these are just. I love though I that love they're. That. I love that they're handmade and they're all like just a little different uh, from each other. Oh and what God. is the the emblem that's stamped in the top? There? So that is actually our, our Heaven's, Heaven's Door, Door logo. Okay, that's, gotcha, if you gotcha. notice on the bottles, you'll yes. see them on the back of the right bottle. there on the top, a little bit on the so back as well. So much going on on the bottle that it. Uh, but the, yeah, that's that's an H and a D Heaven's Door. Yes, I love it is. It. 
I love it. Our, our, he actually went out and got um, kind of a custom stamp just to do that, just for I us. I love that. Nice. We, we love, love our that. blacksmiths. Ian, let's try some M43. I, this is the first IPA I think that we've tried I mean, with a numerical and if, if you're going to make alphabetic uh, designation. So, very excited about that. Um, yes, uh, you need some cups. You need some cups, Thank you, sir. Uh, one for Adam. Well, that, that was, again a great sound effect, uh, Ian. You're really you're really killing it over there. The label today. on this looks a little bit like a newspaper, doesn't it? It it actually has. I think that's the vibe they're going for. Uh, maybe? Yeah, you know what? It actually makes me think of like this was an experimental br- uh, brew. You know? Yeah, well, it's, this Something is definitely a, a generic can that they stuck a label on. A lot of a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, breweries will do that because you know we don't know what we're going to put in the can next well, time, so we we'll print labels for right. Them. With <laughs> with smart. this trend of so many breweries doing limited release things and changing it up yeah. uh, regularly, and that's certainly what this gives me the so impression you, you of. You don't so. get the beautiful printed can, but you get the printed label on the can because you don't know what's going to go in the next can. So this says. Um, New Orthodox India Pale Ale Series M forty three. So it's part of a series. New England IPA, uh, six point eight uh, alcohol by volume. IBU sixty five one pint. Wow. So it says uh, malt pills uh, pilsner malt wheat malt oat <coughs> malt. Let's see. Hops the boil hops Calypso Amarillo Citra and then the dry hops. That's what uh, it is. It's the Amarillo that gives that citrus note. Citra, mm-hmm. Amarillo, mm-hmm. and Simcoe hops. Okay, it says yeah. keep cold, drink fresh, and it says haze is good. Mm. So Old Nation Brewing yeah, this Company. Is, I haven't tried it yet. I've I'm already there. And you know, when I wonderful. opened the can, it wasn't a huge uh, it wasn't a huge uh, thing on the nose. It is definitely a juicy. IPA. It's it's very orange, juicy, uh, wanna, little I'll, hint of grapefruit. I, maybe say, I want to point something out to you, Cruz. On the side of this can, it mm-hmm. says, don't freak out. <clears throat> and then it has a thing that says sediment and what you can do about it. Yes. I know well, it tells you. It tells you sediment about, tends to freak you out a little bit in, but, well, no, in beer. No, let me let me no, let me because, correct you. Because there. I've poured <laughs> beers that have had sediment. No, and let me, you let, have me not been. let me correct you. <laughs> I, I do not freak out at sediment. I freak out at chewy chunks in my beer. <laughs> sediment is different. Sediment lines the bottom of the glass, and you can tell that there's some, like, you know, some some hop powder in there. Look, but but you know, beer you is good when it sticks to your teeth. You can't chew sediment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all you gotta do is chew. roll it, and you're good to go. You yeah, well, that's the thing. I, distribution, and I think that's what they explain on the can is that you can roll the can, kind of gently roll the can, like a German and it distributes. Yes, and it distributes the. Uh, uh, it's like segment. a bitter orange juice. It's really it's wonderful. Really pretty good. It's delicious. It's um, delicious. Uh, it's it, interesting, and it has a like a grapefruit finish to it as mm-hmm. well, like a grapefruit bitter mm-hmm. finish. Very much. And so. I'm a fan of grapefruit juice, by the way. So yes, I like it too. This finishes like like a good grapefruit juice. I get a little orange up front, and the finish is all grapefruit. Yeah, you know, simply orange, simply grapefruit stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, uh, this is from um, Williamston, Michigan. Old Nation Brewing Company. I gotta say, I, I don't good know. Job. I don't Very really know. Job. I know you have like a brother that lives in Michigan. I don't know how people live there because like the weather seems to me like it is constantly conspiring against you. But that said, they've got some great. I was just hanging out with my cousin from some there. Uh, great just breweries the other night, in Michigan. Actually, uh, do you have a brother or a cousin that lives there? Oh, I have many cousins that live there. Oh, okay, <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> as a matter of fact, in the summer it's beautiful. I realize this, <laughs> but you got to go through those winters. Wow. 
Yeah, it gets uh, it's, it gets cold up there. My parents were actually from there, so I have a lot of family. Understatement. Everything's buried in snow and ice, and people still live. It's, yeah, it they do. My mind. They go. I'm going to go shovel a whole bunch of snow so I can drive over to Old Nation Brewing Company. Well, unlike some, Texas, uh, when it snows up there, forty three. When it snows up there, they don't drive their cars directly into the side of a <laughs> bridge. This is true. This is true. People do know how to drive in the snow. There. Uh, it's, uh, here, uh, here in Texas, we're based in Houston. Here in Texas, no one knows how to drive. On in the, the rare snow. occasion that it snowed, like one of the funniest things, and funny, sad, but funny, funny too, is um, uh, when the snow actually sticks to the ground, which is very, very rare, but it happens. We yeah. had about an inch of snow. And we're so not used to it, and we're so unprepared for it. And as I'm driving down the road with my brother, I see car tracks. And every time we come to a bridge crossing, now this could be over a little ravine of some sort or a creek or whatever. Every time, every time we came up to a bridge of some sort, you would see tire tracks that would go off the barricade and back on. And it would go off <laughs> on each side, like every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, on our trip, there was, like, 20 different areas like that. You see every single one of them, somebody hit the barricade. I will mention that I had just a last sip of the um, of the last whiskey, uh, and I went back to it after the IPA, and it enhanced the whiskiness of it. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, I feel like the it, rye really comes it out. It tasted yeah, it tasted a little more like intense from a whiskey standpoint. Uh, it's actually was actually quite good. IPAs, I'm I'm the IPA fan on the show, and uh, but I'm the first one to admit that they're not as easy to pair. With other beverages or cigars? Actually, so with an IPA, and if you save a little bit of this, you'll mm-hmm. see in a minute, they go with rye whiskeys. They don't okay. go right. They don't go with corn whiskeys as much as they go with rye whiskeys. Well, guess what? We're about to have some rye whiskey because Ooh. that's the next one that uh, uh, that Austin's going to have for us to taste. Austin's going to put that Tell, tell, tell us about your rye. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I always say our rye, as I say when you talk about our three, it's kind of general statements, your front, your middle, your finish. Okay. When you talk about our rye, it starts off being 95% rye, mm-hmm. 5% malted barley. And then the whole idea with, with our rye is because rye tend to be polarizing, we wanted to give it a little bit of a finish. That kind of gives it this like in between in that spectrum of rise. Okay. So we actually age it for about six months to a year in oak from France, in the very south of France, in the Vosges region. Mm-hmm. We actually, when we make our staves, we air dry them for three years, mainly because one French oak tends to be very tight fibers. So we open those up as they crack and they dry. Mm-hmm. Also brings in the areas kind of essence the nose. You're going very science. I get really weird with it. I get really weird with it. I love so, it. We then build what's called a cigar barrel. So it's a 55-gallon barrel that's a long and slender and tall. Long and slender, too. Very different from a normal barrel. We then fill that barrel, and we lose about 10 gallons in the process of soaking in the staves, angel share, but it's that finishing, and because of the surface area to juice, we get a stronger extract of the finish. So for anybody listening. With this cigar-shaped barrel, there's more surface area. Is that right? More surface to juice, yes. For for anybody listening, just to FYI, the the angel share that we referred to a few times on here is the amount of... uh, liquid that evaporates or soaks into the uh, the barrel or yeah. soaks into yeah. the barrel itself. Yes, right. right. Uh, and the angels are pretty happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will always yeah. say, with this finish, I call it aptly taste the bottle. So Ryan Perrier, master blender, starts tasting it about six months. Right. And then we'll kind of judge when he wants to taste it again next. And it's, it continues to go until he right. says it's ready for a bottling. Right. Very. And so so this is not something that. 
it's not set. It's more to his taste, to his this palate. Is, this right? is kind of grandma's cooking finishing, where it's I like love you do, that. I love you do it that. the way you want to do it, and then you know when it's ready, and you know when the pinch is right. Well, you it has that. It has that specific rye spice right I off was the bat. Just about to say, you can tell on the nose that it's a rye. You can tell right away. There's a great um, sweetness that's happening right on the tip of my tongue. And that's going to be your finishing, mm. and that is just. It's it's almost like a candy sweetness that mm-hmm. happens there. It's, that's I was not expecting. You that. can even detect a little of that on the nose because I was, I was uh, sniffing it as you were saying that, and I was like, oh, that's what that's like is. candy with a little bit of salt to it. Like it's it, it's hard to describe. Yeah, I can see where you go with that. Yeah. I like that. it's pretty intense. I like that. Yeah, you got a good palate, my friend. <laughs> like you're you're good at this. You should do I a practice. Show. You should do a show. I should. <laughs> I always say if we didn't try the rye, that sweet would have been more on the back of your mm-hmm. tongue and then would have kind of grown forward. But be- uh-huh. I think because of us trying the rye, it already started right at the tip of the tongue. This now, is really, really as good. an interesting thing, because this is good. This is a good rye whiskey. Try your IPA right now. All right. All right. And I've you'll find it changes totally on it, my palate. but it goes with. And it's just something about ryes and IPAs. Like if you're going to have a whiskey back, they just go well together. Suddenly I'm getting like this blood orange that yeah, I was not much. getting oh, before. Wow. Much. That's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. isn't it? We yeah. always say when you're making a cocktail with a rye, if it's spirit forward, you use a lemon zest because the citrus brings out that rye. Yeah. And this is kind of perfect because of the amount of citrus in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. They play perfectly. You know, we had uh, Dave Pickerel uh, from uh, Whistlepig on God the show before, mm-hmm. before he passed. And he was, uh, you know, it was interesting to talk with him about how he anticipated that rye was coming back. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if a lot of guys would have even believed him, but he, like, he like bought in totally, put his chips on that side of the table, and wow, has it ever come back. And, oh, and this is uh, uh, this is just terrific. Just terrific. Yeah, I, no complaints about this whiskey. Yeah. And it's so interesting how well it goes with this. You complained so much about the previous two. Uh, so it's, <laughs> I know, good, I know. it's good to know that this one has no complaints. We at least it. found one, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's why we have three That's right. That's why we do it. All right. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back for our final segment. We have a barley wine to taste from Parish Brewing. And then you mentioned something about a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. Plus, I have the, the big Bob Dylan question coming up in the next segment. So we'll, we'll look forward to that. No, it's, it's, it's an easy one. Hopefully you can. <laughs> Hopefully you can answer it, but uh, I think it's an important question okay. as we uh, as we contemplate Bob's Bob's whiskey, Heaven's Door. It's smoking and toasting. One seventy six. We'll be right back. Cheers. Should we pull out the surprise already, or should we wait? Should we pull out the surprise already, or should we? Oh, wait. Something up to you. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to this in a while. What's your call? Do you want to pass it? Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are uh, show number 176, halfway to 200. Uh, we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, uh, by BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and of course by the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. Ian, Ian, check it out. What am I doing? It looks like you're knocking on heaven's door. I am knock, knock, knocking on heaven's <laughs> knock, door. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> you know this show couldn't have gone by without that. Yeah. I was uh, waiting for it. I don't know if you uh, know the answer to this question, uh, but I will tell you that I've always wondered what Bob Dylan thought about the Guns N' Roses cover. 
uh, particularly about the hi, 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 yow. Wait a second. Did we just get Axel in here? Uh, that sounded so close. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you so much for that. Uh, no, but I've always wondered, uh, like, did he think that was cool or was he like, amateurs? Well, I'll say the closest I've gotten to Bob Dylan was Beacon Theater in New York. Yeah. Seven or eight rows away from the stage. Yep, yep. No phones allowed, so no photos. Or of you're, course, or yeah, not, yeah, Even yeah. if you work for Heaven's Door, we've had someone do that. So I don't know. Is I don't know. That's, I'm, that's a really good. That's question. just something I've always. But that wasn't my Bob Dylan question. My, oh, my, well, okay. my Bob Dylan question actually was, which <clears throat> of these expressions is his personal favorite? Does the he double have, barrel? The double barrel. I can okay. say that without yep. question. Right. See, yeah, I, that I told you. So that, I told you it'd be easy. Three so I told far. you that one's that one's easy. That that may be your favorite of the three, but we do have something very interesting looking sitting on Mr. Twirly Gig. So uh, we like we like to kind of give this a little is your treat. Surprise! This right? is my surprise. So this is our 26 year old bootleg. So when we were creating the the brand, Bob Dylan wanted to originally call us bootleg. Um, we kind of thought that meant that had more of a moonshine kind of con- concept to sure, it. Sure, sure, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So we didn't really want to go in that direction, but realized when we were going to create our limited releases, we, we feel like that's very apropos for our bootlegs. And this is our makes first sense. one that's going to kind of expand as long as the brand's alive and hopefully everyone enjoys it. This is a 26-year-old whiskey aged in Japanese Mizanera, virgin Japanese Mizanera barrels for a year and about three to four months, so an extra additional month because Ryan Perry wanted to bring it to proper flavor. Is this available this is available. You can find it at a few liquor stores. Um, I'd say your bigger ones, Specs in total, are going to have probably still some of it left. Yeah, Ian, show the I, I want to show this packaging. This is amazing. We talk about packaging. This is some of the best I've ever this seen. This is full-on leather. Yeah. It says the bootleg series right on there. With And if you open it up, it'll tell you what bottle of the series it is. Oh, nice. That is so nice. At the very bottom, it'll tell you what bottle of what series. Wow. And then it comes with its own coin in the bottom as well. So before we get to this one, let me... Oh, I see the coin. Can I pull that? Yeah, pull it out. Let's check that out. Outside of 3,797, that bottle is 1667. Nice. The coin in the bottle. Nice. And that bottle was just opened for this show. Oh, oh man. see now I feel special. Don't you feel special, Ian? <laughs> Heck yeah, I feel very special. Uh, let me ask you this before this we before what, we this get is all to made of ash or oak. It's hard to tell. Ash. Looks it's like. just it's, beautifully it's done, though. That, that's craftsmanship. Is what that is. That's wonderful. Uh, before we get to this uh, whiskey, let me ask you um, the three bottles that we tried. What are we talking about in terms of price range for those bottles? I mean, it, it varies. If I'm um, uh, looking at the liquor store, when I was at Specs earlier today, before I came to the show. Your Tennessee bourbon, your double barrel, we're sitting mm-hmm. about forty-eight, forty-nine. Okay. Usually, if you're going to go to your smaller places, <clears throat> they'll probably raise that only about as high as like fifty-one, yeah. fifty-two. Right, right. Uh, when you look at your rye, it'll probably sit around sixty-eight to about seventy-four. And so then, when we get to something special like this with this so exquisite packaging, <laughs> what are we talking about here? So at specs, that was about uh, four ninety-seven. So it'll range okay. from about four ninety to about five twenty. So Bob, Bob Dylan wrote us a message. Did he? What did he say? <laughs> oh, we're gonna he read says, it. "What would I draw? Well, I guess I would start with whatever was at hand. I sat at the table, took out a pencil and paper." And drew it. Drew the typewriter, a crucifix, a rose, knives and pins, empty cigarette boxes. I'd lose track of time completely. Not that I thought I was any great drawer, 
but I did feel like I was putting an orderliness to the chaos around. Oh, that's that's so Bob Dylan. That's very Bob. And that's actually his painting in the front of the bottle. That oh, is it really? That's so every great. every bottling is going to pay uh, respect to kind of him. So will future bottlings have different paintings, basically? All different paintings. Oh, that's so cool. So cool. I love it. We, we do have it. a we have do we do have one coming out that might be wheat with a really beautiful finishing as well coming nice. out this year. Nice. Well, I tell you what, just to tease it. Are you are you ready to go there? Ready to try this? Yeah. Let's do it. So Let's this do is it. 111. Like, I'm dying to try this. What do you mean am I ready way? to try this? I was going to make you wait. I was going to go to the beer next just to make you wait. I bet <laughs> that a barley wine goes well with whatever this oh, is. Oh, I bet it does. Oh, it I does. I bet it does. All right. As I said, 111.5. I am actually a little giddy about this one here. Mm-hmm. So when I when wow. we first when we first came out with this, a few of us only got to try it at eight months, and then finally got to try it to bottle. Ryan Perry thought it wasn't ready, so he extended it by a few months till it was proper flavor to be in this the bottle. This smells amazing. It really does. So tell us again about the juice in this bottle. So as I said, it's a 25-year-old whiskey, mm-hmm. but the really special part is the finishing. So virgin Japanese Mizunara oak. You can only get that through a bidding process because most of the barrels are only used in Japan. To even mm. build the barrel, the tree has to be a minimum of 200 years old. Oh and God. one tree essentially only makes one barrel. Oh, my so God. So the rarity of the barrels, are, are it's insane. Do you like oak? I do like oak. Do you like chocolate? I love chocolate. Do you like vanilla? Yes. Do you like dessert? Yeah, this is like a creme brulee on mm. oak. It is so good. Like, wow. That's exceptional. Yeah, and it's got a little bit of that, uh, wow. that like, burnt, crusty flavor when to that, it. When that char flavor comes yeah, back, it on has, the, on the caramel, it has chocolatey vanilla caramelness to it, and it's just wonderful. Well, you're I'm right. amazed Dessert. at how robust and somewhat delicate this is at the same time. Wow. Um, like, I know that's very, like, contrasting. But this, is, this is one of <laughs> those things there. that... It's kind of hard to go back from, you the, know. You the, know what I mean by the that. The very first, like, if you break up the palate into into thirds, the very first of this, the the palate, it hits the palate very delicate and very light and and almost floral, and then it goes into this chocolate right in the middle, this super chocolate. Chocolate thing is in the middle, yes. On, and then when it finishes, it finishes with so much of that um, that that burnt caramel mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, and 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 the chocolate and the mineral water that you're using and like everything in here is just you know we talk uh, qu- quite a bit. We'll mention that things have got ch- a chocolate to them, and generally when we say that we're talking about a hint, a wisp of chocolate. This is not a hint. This it's is a like a bomb. chocolate bomb. Yeah. It really is, and but and in the, the best too, possible way. It's a malty chocolatey thing. Like, and, and there's a difference between malt and there's a difference between chocolate, even though they have similar flavors. This has a very chocolate right on the right. Like when you taste that chocolate, it's very much like that. But it finishes like you know that flavor left over when you finish a, a malted milk ball. Mm-hmm. It, it finishes like that. It's really like, right. It's yes, okay. that sort so of dusty chocolate yeah. uh, malt flavor. Wow. This, that's really, that's one of the best things I've tasted in a long time. <laughs> that that's is, really, this is really super good. special. Thank wow. you so yeah, much. Yeah, what a what Thank a you. wonderful what a wonderful treat. Now I, I really hope this is an anticlimactic at this point, because um, although I'm sure glad 
that what I've got for our final <coughs> beer is in fact this, you know, potentially big, because Parish Brewing's Grand Reserve Cellared Annual Ale. This is the 2018. They tell you, age this. Don't drink it right away. So this one's been aging for a while, and uh, I got to tell you, Parish. I've never had a Parish Brewing beer. I'm pretty I didn't excited think about was this exceptional. too. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, I'm such a big fan goes. of barley wines. Now, those of you out there who don't really know what a barley wine is, it's about as big as a beer gets. Right. It is sweet. It is uh, crazy delicious. It's Usually crazy lots malty. of dried fruit flavors. I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, a couple weeks ago. He did, when I asked about a malty beer, he didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, well, it's the opposite of a hoppy beer. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, what? But what is malt? I said, actually, it's one of the primary ingredients in beer. Like, right, you have to have it, or you, you don't have to really have malt have in your beer. beer. Right, right. And he's like, I never heard of that, and I was a little blown away by that. Even but at the same Bud time, Light has malt. Hops is right. so popular that no one realizes what people, the other ingredients right. in beer people are. People talk much more about hops, even though hops is flavoring and bittering, and malt is literally what it's made from. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it was an interesting conversation, and I was explaining it to him, so it was pretty fun. And with, and with this barley wine, how how long would you say you'd want to age it? You know, I'm I'm not an expert in oh, this area, but so uh, I I would say anything a year or more is probably is probably about right for barley wine. But unlike most styles of beer, barley wines can improve with age, whereas uh, IPAs you want them as fresh as you can get right. them. You know, when you go to the brewery and you're drinking it right out of the tap, yeah, and it was uh, that's as good. It as was that brought gets. over. That's that's as good as an IPA is going to get. Um, barley wines, I, I think. I think you could max them out. Like you could age them for too. You long. You can if you age them too long. A lot of barley wines just kind of turn into soy sauce. Right. Is but, it true the gaps like four years is kind of as far? as Yeah. You, go you don't it? generally want to go further than four years. Um, so this is a 2018. Because some of them just won't stand up at that point. So this is a 2018. Yeah. So this is just a little more than a year old. This smells yeah. like like burnt caramel with raisins and vanilla. Which and is what a barley wine is supposed oh, wow. to this smell This smells like. exactly like what I want in a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the boys at Parrish are going to disappoint you, Ian. It's almost got like a velvet smell. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. This is so good. Yeah, yeah, that's something. This is exactly what, what barley wine should be from Parrish. Like, this is... Outstanding. You know, these guys have got it figured out. I'm telling you. Parish. Like the notes on this, the 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 dark fruit, the date, the raisin, the mm. the uh the vanilla that comes through there. And the vanilla kind of winds through it. It's not just a here's vanilla and then gone. It literally winds through it. And then there's the maltiness in this just sticks to the tongue. This is I, I, I don't know. There used to be a hard malt candy that was available years ago. Have you ever had those? This has, Yes, yes, yes. This has that, like, sticks to the tongue kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. those were candy where you couldn't kind of get it out of the wrapper. You had to kind of put the wrapper in your mouth and chew it off the wrapper because it was so sticky. It. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, am I showing my age? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always say, am I dating myself? Because I used to do that I a lot. I literally hadn't single. thought about that candy since I was probably in my single digits yeah. until now. Well, wow. Ian, let me challenge you to take another nice sip of that and then go back to the whiskey. Oh, I want to try this. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally curious to see what happens, too. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm, I'm curious to see your response to it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it makes a chocolate bomb even more of a chocolate bomb. Yeah, how can you get more chocolatey than it was? But it brings out this a creaminess, out. too, I was that say, it wasn't... It seems like it has a texture now. Yes, Yeah, yes. that wasn't <clears throat> evident at first. There's a silky creaminess to the whiskey now after the barley wine, and I'm interested to see what happens going back to the barley wine, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this... Like this would, I, and I'm not even sure if I'm brave enough to do it, but this would make the best boiler maker in the, <laughs> the probably the most expensive boiler maker, the most fancy boiler maker, and most awesome. But uh, you could see that at like like some really swanky Manhattan bar, like a four hundred dollar boiler maker. You know, well, you know also you yeah. also one drink limit on this boiler maker. Yeah, right. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 no question. What uh, is the I, what I is the proof on this? Because it's a little boozy. Yes, but it not is. not in a way that. That makes you like. It should tell you on the side of the bottle. I want to say it's 13 point something. It says patience. Grand Reserve should be saved and shared, brewed only once per year. Our barley wine ale is characterized by intensely complex malt. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yes, yes. Hop fermentation profile. Uh, strong and robust. It will age gracefully when cellared, and I agree. That is, it's so good. And this is a 2018, you said. Yes, 2018. So it's been two. Oh yeah, vintage 2018. So it's been two years in. Outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and, um, I think they brew it towards the end of the year, so it may be more like a year and a half old. Right, right. Uh, uh, in terms of this, it doesn't particular say bottle. the ABV on it, but it, it might be that it's variable. I, I believe as well. it's around 13. You know, you go by uh, uh, you go by uh, Dogfish Head's 120 minute IPA, and it doesn't have an ABV on it, but mm-hmm. it usually lingers around 18. percent Holy moly! Yeah, <laughs> I always say with the barley wine, just like the 120, you kind of want to let it warm up a bit. Because yes. you get a better nose. It's like just below room You're temperature. You're absolutely right. And this I brought in my pack, so it was with the other beers, and it, it probably is a little cold. It's a little cold. I'm going to pour a little more. We, we used to, mm-hmm. so the old beer bar I used to work at, is we used to sit there and warm our glasses with our hands just to get it. Oh, yes, to yes. Tap, to get so that we can start up, yeah. really enjoying all the yeah. flavors that go now, into I'm, it. I'm a person that loves my beer cold, even colder than you're supposed to drink it. But I will agree with you when it comes to stouts and barley wines, warming them up is generally you know me when i'm questionable about a beer a lot of times i want to try it warmer anyway just to Mm -hmm. see what happens right to see to see the flavors you know i like doing that with whiskey as well because you get this whole ride through the different flavors when it's cold and it changes changes all right so ian we've done our sampling our time for the basic show is essentially up do we want to do a bonus segment is there more is there more to talk about we haven't talked about corona we haven't talked about Corona. Let's let's do a bonus segment right. for fun. So if you guys if you guys are listening to us on a, on a podcast medium, uh, then you'll have to flip into uh, the YouTube. You'll have to flip into the YouTube channel yep. To, yep. to get the mm-hmm. bonus sections. I think or that's we can how always, we're do we, can, we can post the bonus segment. And if by you guys itself. are watching this, by the way, man, go to our YouTube channel and and uh, and, and say hi, man. Uh, stay say stuff in the comments, please. Uh, hit the subscribe button. It'll let you know whenever we post uh, material. If you missed it. Because I know some of you have jobs, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Austin, you can stick around for a bonus segment. Definitely. Okay. We'll we'll drink some barley wine and uh, and maybe some whiskey. Maybe make a boiler maker out of it. Uh, <laughs> at least as close as we're gonna get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. So uh, Austin has been our guest, Austin Millspaw, uh from Heaven's Door. Your whiskey is wonderful. I'm telling you. Do not. If anyone is put off by the celebrity um, attachment to this 
do not sleep on this. This is really wonderful and brilliant whiskey. And if you're a Bob Dylan fan, you got to try it because you're a Bob Dylan fan and this is something he's associated with. Yeah, so. first off, just go, uh, like, if you're going to listen to my recommendation, go straight for the double barrel. That's It's got amazing. the loudest voice. It's, it's amazing. It's so good. It's sex in a bottle. Sorry. It really is. <laughs> if the double barrel is sex in a bottle, what is this uh, um, that we're trying now? Are uh, you talking about the the bootleg? Uh, bootleg. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always say the bootleg is kind of that after dinner. That's that's post sex. <laughs> that's the that's, that's the post sex cigarette. That's, yeah, that's that's the yeah. post sex cigarette. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say that because that's like ghost now, but whatever. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Well, this is we're not very we're not very woke on this show. No. Uh, that's what I figure. I'm working uh, on it. But yeah, we're working on it. We're we're trying to become better people. <laughs> That's this, what we this do. whiskey makes me want to be a better person. This makes me want to be a better person indeed. All right, bonus segment coming up. Thank you to everyone who is uh, uh, leaving us now. Thank you for uh, being a part of show number 176. And cheers. 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 Just us kind of being nerds, we kind of looked at it and we're going to go, whoa, really? That's what we're finishing.